We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon. What's up, Fox River? How you doing? Good, man. It's good to be here together. My name is Bill. If we haven't met, uh, I'm going to tell you something. Some people know this about me. Some people don't. But, but here is uh, the fun fact of the day. Um, if, I'm probably giving too much credit for that. But here it is. I grew up in Muskego, so just down, down the road uh, a little ways. And uh, I'm the oldest of four boys. So me and my three younger brothers, we made life very interesting for my parents growing up. Because uh, we did get along sometimes. But uh, most of the time, we did not get along all that well. And to make matters worse, I had quite the temper. Still actually struggle with that at times. Uh, God is working on me still in regards to my temper. And to make matters even worse than that, I would lose my temper sometimes. And I would just really get after my brothers and say some really bad stuff. I remember a couple times... Uh, I was just really mean to them, and, and they got on my nerves, and, and, and I would say stuff like this. You were an accident. You're, like, not even supposed to be here. And, and I mean, anybody been on the receiving end of something like that ever? Yeah. Um, a lot of people have. Man, that stuff hurts. It just hurts. It cuts deep, especially when you hear that from somebody you love or respect or look up to. Man, and, and I really hurt my brother's bad with, with stuff like that, and that one in particular. Um, man, I wish I could go back and, like, just take those words back into my mouth and, and back into the evil heart from which they sprung forth from, you know, and, but I can't. So uh, I'm just trying my best to kind of navigate those waters. I mean, I haven't said anything like that to them in probably over a year by now. So I'm like trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Listen, but those words hurt. Kids can be, I mean, people can be just mean, okay? They can be mean. Now, if you have been on the receiving end of that, like I have, I have some good news for you. It's a lie. You are not an accident. Everybody turn to your neighbor, even though you might not even know him. Turn to your neighbor and say, you were not an accident. Yeah. Man, we got to hear that stuff. we got to build one another up with the truth, not the lies that we're torn down with. Some of us are words of affirmation, people. So when people speak truth like that, encouraging truth in our lives, we just come alive, man. That's what I needed. Okay, that's great. Man, the truth of the matter is this. You were made on purpose for purpose. That's the truth. And that truth is not something that we came up with. It's not something that I cleverly devised. Like, oh, I hope they have a good time at Fox River this weekend because maybe they'll come back next weekend. It's not, this isn't a plot or a strategy or a scheme or anything. Listen, this truth is from the word of God. God says through the apostle Paul in the first chapter of his letter to the Colossians, verse 16, here's what he says. For in him, meaning Jesus, for in Jesus all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Jesus and for Jesus. That's that purpose piece right there. Everything has been created for Jesus. You were made on purpose, created on purpose 
for purpose. You were made to make a difference. Yes, you were. Now, how do we make a difference? Hey, we've got these purposes, but what are they? Let me answer those two questions in a way that God answers those two questions. In the best-selling book of all time, the Bible, God systematically, meaning you take all the words of Scripture and you consider them and you say, this is what God was saying. Systematically, God says, hey, there's five common purposes, at least, that he has for everyone who is in Christ, everyone who's been a new creation in Christ, who has come to faith, every, every child of God. Now, before I even state those, let me say this. There are specific purposes for each child of God as well, but we're not talking about those specific purposes this week. Pastor Guy is going to talk about specific purposes next week, so you're going to want to be here for that. But we're talking about general purpose, common purposes for all believers Again, God says it in the best-selling book of all time. Rick Warren, in the second best-selling book of all time, Purpose Driven Life, he does the same thing that God does, right? In fact, his source for his material is the word of God, and he brings these five purposes to the surface. Here's what they are. Every believer was made to worship. That's how they make a difference. Every believer was made to evangelize or share the good news with others. Every believer was created for the purpose of discipling others. In other words, helping other people to grow in their faith. Every believer was made for fellowship, meaning to be a part of Christian community. You can make a difference by being part of Christian community, like a church or a small group. And every believer in Christ was made to serve. That's how you make a difference. Now, what we're going to do today in our time together as we continue this Made for This series, we're going to see how Jesus served. And we're also going to appreciate and see how when Jesus served, it affected all these other purposes as well. But before we do that, we're going to pray. All right. Dear Jesus, we thank you for today. It is a gift that you've given us. God, you didn't have to give us today. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. But God, you've given it to us as a gift. Another evidence of how good and loving you are. So we say thank you. God, as we get into your word today in just the next few minutes, God, I pray that we would hear from you. God, I pray that we would understand your message of grace today. And that we might buy that grace, that we might apply it to our lives and be a changed people moving forward, God. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so let's open up our Bibles to Matthew chapter 4. If you don't have your Bible with you, feel free to use a church Bible. If you're using a church Bible, it's page 1377. Maybe you don't have your Bible with you because you don't own a Bible. If that's the case, please accept Fox River's gift to you at this time. Go ahead and take that church Bible and call it your own. We know how important it is for you to get the word of God in your ears, in your mind, into your heart, that you might apply it to your life and grow spiritually. We want everybody to grow spiritually. So please, if you don't own a Bible, take us up on that offer if you would. 
As we get into Matthew 4, we're going to start in verse 23, by the way. But as we get into that, it's important that we appreciate, instead of just diving in like blindfolded, like what's going on, if we can enter the text with an appreciation of what is happening, like what's the bigger picture, that will help us to, to receive what God is trying to tell us uh, in a more efficient manner, okay? So, so here's a couple things, just two things. Here's two things that we can appreciate about the greater context. As we get into Matthew 4, this is at the very beginning of Jesus' three-plus-year ministry. This is the very beginning. Like, this is month number one type stuff, okay? Month number two, right in there. Not only is this the beginning, that was the first point, the second point is this. The things that we're going to read about, hey, what Jesus is doing, it also, it not only describes the beginning of Jesus' ministry, but also the rest of his three- to four-year ministry as well. So it's pretty informative. All right, without further ado, let's actually start reading what God has for us. All right, let's start in verse 23. Jesus went throughout Galilee. Galilee is the northernmost region of Israel. Okay? Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Huh. Doing some good stuff. Notice three things that were mentioned in verse 23. Jesus was teaching. Jesus was preaching or proclaiming, as NIV says. And Jesus was healing. Those were the things that Jesus did in his ministry. If you want to name three things, what did Jesus do? The three things you would name are those. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching means simply this. It's similar to what we're doing right now as a church. We're going through the word of God. And yes, we're reading the words on the page, but we're unpacking them. Hey, th- th- these are, this is God's heart behind the text. And Jesus did that like no one else had ever done and ever will do. Okay, Jesus was and still is the best. Okay, so Jesus is teaching the word. Jesus is also preaching or proclaiming the good news that the kingdom of heaven has come to earth. That's a big deal. Because no longer is the kingdom of heaven distant. Now it's here and you can enter it. How do you enter the kingdom of God? By faith in Jesus Christ. And he's announcing that. He's preaching that. He's proclaiming it. And then healing. Jesus is healing. People are sick. He's healing them. We're going to read more about that in a second. What is underneath or what is the foundation of Jesus' ministry? I mean, Jesus teaching, preaching, healing. But what predicates that? What is on the foundation? Like, you can't get to here unless you've got this first. It's the first two words of that verse. It's this. Jesus went. Jesus went throughout Galilee. Jesus wasn't stationary. Jesus wasn't passive. Jesus wasn't static. He was moving. He was active. He was dynamic in how he followed God. That's important to note. And it's fundamental to not only Jesus' faith, but our faith as well, which we'll get to. Jesus had purpose. Jesus knew why he was on the planet Earth. Jesus knew that he had a limited time to do what God had called him to do. Jesus was very aware that the Father had sent him to live, to love, Catch this next word, to serve. Jesus knew that. Jesus also knew that the Father had sent him to die. 
to take away, to pay for your sin, my sin. And as the Lamb of God, once again, to take away the sin of the world, he knew that's what God had sent him to do. And Jesus knew that he had also been sent to be resurrected on the third day, right? He died on Good Friday. Day number one was put in the grave. Day two on Saturday, he was in the grave. Day three, he was still in the grave early morning. And then on day three, he was resurrected. Scripture tells us he was resurrected by the Father. Scripture also tells us he was resurrected by the Holy Spirit. God resurrected Christ from the grave. Wow. Jesus knew that's what he was sent for. Jesus knew that was his purpose or his mission. Now, I don't want to lose you. If we were driving in a car, we're about to make a sharp left-hand turn, okay? I don't want to put on your seatbelts and, like, hang in there. I'm about to run the risk of highly distracting you and, and, and like, you're gone forever, okay? So don't let that happen. I'm warning you. Ready? Here we go. Check this picture out. So... This is Mercy. This is the newest addition to the Gunderson family. She's about two and a half months old right now, and she is just so cute, so cuddly, so adorable. And, um, you know, if you can get past the mega sharp teeth, her tongue licks very nicely. She's awesome, okay? Um, But don't be fooled. I'm going to tell you a couple things about this dog. All right. When I tell Mercy to come, you know what she does? Nothing. (laughs) She does nothing. She's like, huh? And then she's like half standard poodle, she's super smart, and half, so I'm told, and half uh, golden retriever. So I'm thinking, man, maybe if I throw some, she'll retrieve it. You know, I was just thinking, right, maybe this is possible. So when, I, when I say fetch or I throw something, guess what she does? Nothing. Nothing. And, and it's just like, man, you're supposed to do these things. Why aren't you doing them? It's so frustrating. Like you were made to do, your name is like retriever, right? Like, it, you, why aren't you doing it? Just, just ah, it's frustrating, okay? Now, thankfully, now this is just an analogy, so don't get all, like, critical and, and like, man, I can't believe he's doing that. He's comparing a dog and Jesus and all. Like, okay, don't, don't take it that far, okay? But thankfully, Jesus is way different. Because when the Father sent Jesus, right? Listen, Jesus was sent, and here's what happened. Jesus went. Jesus was sent... And then Jesus went. So with, with my dog Mercy, you see this inconsistency. Like something's out of whack. Something's wrong. Something's not right because when she's supposed to do A, she does B. But Jesus, again, was sent and he did exactly what was supposed to happen. He went. Jesus was one with the Father. Jesus was one with the Father. Jesus had the Holy Spirit that descended upon him like a dove. And he had the Holy Spirit inside of him. He had the power of the Holy Spirit inside of him. He had the guidance and the help of the Holy Spirit inside of him. And Jesus was given mission. And Jesus was given purpose. What was that purpose? A lot of ways to describe it. We already did describe it. I'm going to describe it using um, the words that Christ used. He says in Matthew 20, 28, he says this about himself. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. Jesus came to put the needs of others, whatever they were, above his own. He put the needs of others above 
no matter what they were, above his own. Wouldn't it have been weird? And I use like the softest of words when I say weird because it's wrong, sinful, ridiculous. You could use those synonyms as well, all right? But wouldn't it have been weird if the father would have sent Jesus to serve and Jesus would have been like, no, nope. Maybe out of disobedience or defiance. It would have been weird. What if the father would have sent Jesus to serve and he would have been like, no, but out of apathy or laziness? I mean, that would have been weird. What if Jesus would have said no in a sneaky kind of way, okay? And this is, this is like how I was when I was a teenager. Like when my mom would really get after me, I would act like I was saying yes, but I really was saying no. What if Jesus would have been like this? Um, listen, I like your idea, um, but not right now. I just, I'm not quite ready to, to like make my bed or something. Like I'm not quite ready, but I will do it, okay? Um, and I won't do it exactly how you're saying, but I'll do it my own way. But, but let, yeah, we're, it'll get done, okay? <laughs> it'll get done. Yeah. So, that would have been weird. That would have been wrong. Really, really wrong. What if Jesus had that attitude and that behavior? What if, and here's where I'm going with this. Where would we be? Really, let this sink in. Where would we be if Christ had never served us, where would we be? Let's continue reading. Verse 24. We already know that Jesus went. He's going throughout all of Galilee. He's teaching, preaching, and healing. Verse 24. News about him spread all over Syria. Syria was to the north of Israel then. It still is today. News about Jesus spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures, and the paralyzed. And, let's say these next three words together, ready? He healed them. This is not what we're going to talk about today. But I just want to pause for a second. Imagine being there. Imagine being one of the people who brought somebody. Imagine a friend who had been suffering with some kind of paralyzed leg or, or body part or something like that. And all of a sudden, they're in the presence of Jesus and he heals them. Imagine. I mean, some of us are like this, right? Some of us deal with some of these same things that were just mentioned. Imagine somebody who has had seizures maybe their whole life. They come into the presence of Jesus. And he heals them. Imagine somebody who's been suffering from depression. Man, it's just, it's, it's always been that way. And then in the presence of Jesus, no more. They're healed. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's easy to just gloss over that. But when we just pause and imagine, what would that be like to witness it just blows your mind. It's crazy. Jesus is still healing, by the way. Is he healing in this type of way? No, he's not. Let's state the obvious. He's not doing this anymore. 
in that way. But we've done this before at Fox River. We've had people raise their hands. And every time, there's many people who raise their hand, man, I've received healing. I've prayed and God has healed me. Or I know somebody who is on their deathbed and God has healed them. Or they've had this specific condition and they've been healed. I just spoke with a guy about an hour ago. He had vertigo for a couple days. He prayed because he wanted to come to church. God took it away. Coincidence? No. God's still healing. We still seek him. And he's still doing those same things he did, just not in the same way. Let's keep reading. Verse 25. Large crowds from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and the region across the River Jordan followed him. We don't have time for a geography lesson, but basically what we need to appreciate from that is people from all around Israel, all right, north, east, south, Maybe people fishing in the Mediterranean Sea, you know, to the west. They probably came too, but like, that's not mentioned. But anyway, like this, everybody's coming and following. Observation number one. We're going to do two observations. First observation from the text we just read is this. When Christ served, it brought fame to the name of Jesus. We read here that news about Jesus spread everywhere. Listen, Jesus was famous. People knew about him. They knew people are chattering. I think he might be the Messiah. Like God was being magnified and made famous through Jesus' servant. Another thing, when Christ served, it brought folks. People from all over were coming to him. Now think about that. Let's not, let's, let's not misrepresent the situation before we get into three. No doubt people were coming to hear his teaching. No doubt people were coming to hear more about how the kingdom of heaven had come to earth. Like, that's intriguing. What would, no, tell me more. They're leaning in, right? No doubt people were coming just to get healed. <laughs> All right? And a lot of those people, in fact, most of those people, they were like, um, okay, I got what I wanted, but it's time for me to go. And they would leave. However, some people stuck around. They left home. They left their jobs. They probably left some family members that they loved. Some of them probably traveled with them, but they left some family members that they loved, everything behind, and they followed Jesus. Just something about this guy that's different, and I want more. And they followed. Observation number two. When Jesus served people, and this, this is like beautiful, okay? I want to spend a half hour here, but nobody else shares that attitude. So we're not going to do that, okay? But while Jesus served people, he was also serving God. Because God sent him to do some things. We already talked about it. God sent him to do some things. So when Jesus is doing that, when he's serving others, he's also serving his father by obeying. Isn't that cool? He's doing both at the same time. It's awesome. Multitasking. I tell my wife, how do you do that? This, this could be an answer that she gives. This is how you multitask in a spiritual sense. When Jesus served people, he was serving God. He was also worshiping. Do you know that God gives us things? A simple way to say it is time, talent, treasure. God gives us things. When we use those things to give back to him, no matter what they are, we transform normal stuff like singing, 
Like going to my job for 40 hours a week, for example. Like talking to people, strangers even. Like grocery shopping, normal things. We transform those things into acts of worship. Wow, God, you are good. While Jesus served people, he was serving God, he was worshiping, and other people were worshiping because of that too. He was evangelizing, he was sharing the good news with people. He was showing them the love of God. He was sharing the name of Jesus with them, the Son of Man, the Son of God. He was sharing the name of God with them. He's evangelizing. He's building people up in their faith. He's discipling. He's helping people to mature and learn more about God. And he's cultivating fellowship. Keyword is fellowship. He's cultivating fellowship with others. Even though the church had not yet been born, Here's what Jesus was doing. He was laying that foundation. It was another three or four years before the day of Pentecost when the church would be born. But Jesus was laying that foundation of Christian community so that when the Holy Spirit came, the church would just blow up and spread like wildfire. So Jesus was setting that or cultivating fellowship with others. Man, those things are fantastic and amazing. Now, let's turn the corner. All right? I want to ask slash uh, reveal something. What is the mission of Jesus? Jesus says it in Luke 19.10. He says, this is my mission or this is my purpose. The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. All right, that's Christ's mission and purpose directly from the mouth of Jesus. What is our, as the church, what is our mission and purpose? It can be said a ton of different ways. I will choose one way right now to say it or express that. It's to join God in seeking and saving the lost. God, only you can seek in a certain way. God, only you can save. No person has ever saved anyone, not even themselves. God, you do that, but you invite us in that we might do it together. God, thank you for working through your church. Will this stuff get done if the church doesn't do it? That's a great question. And we can have a fascinating discussion about that. We're not gonna go into that right now. But God has chosen to use his church. God has called his church to join him in mission, in purpose, in serving, in making a difference. We do this by serving. By, just like Jesus, by putting the needs of others above our own. That's what we do. That's what serving is. We have purpose We were made on purpose. We were made for purpose. You see, Jesus was sent and Jesus went. And just as the Father sent Jesus, according to John 20, 21, just as the Father sent Jesus, so also we are sent. Jesus sends us. Child of God, you have been sent. Can you say, I went? That is not meant to heap guilt on you at all. That's just a reality check. Can I say, I went? By faith in Jesus, we said this a few minutes ago about Jesus himself. But listen, here's the parallel. By faith in Jesus, you are one with God. By faith in Jesus, 
You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. You have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. You have the guidance and the help of the Holy Spirit inside of you. You, just like our Savior, have been given mission and purpose. In small group this past, uh, this past week, one of our small group members, she shared um, just how God had been working in her life. And she, she, she just gave this testimony. It was like, um, it's just beautiful. And one of the things that she shared with our group was, was this, that at certain points along um, the timeline of her life thus far, before she was a Christian now, Christians had came up to her and been super nice to her, like so loving, so inviting, so kind. And they not only were kind and, and loving, but they shared the name of Jesus Christ. Or they're not in a forceful or overt manner, but just in a kind manner, Okay. And she said if it wasn't for those people, she may have walked away from Christianity. And she may have never placed her faith in Jesus Christ if it wasn't for those people. Right in our backyards, in our communities, there are thousands upon thousands of people that have not yet placed their faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. Another statistic is this. In the U.S. alone, 7,500 people die on average each day. Now, we asked the question before. It was rhetorical. But we asked the question before, where would we be if Christ had never served us? If Christ had never placed our needs above his own? We asked that question. The answer that we didn't say was, man, we'd be in a bad place. Same question, different words, ready? Where will these people be that don't know Jesus yet? Where will they be if we don't serve them? Where will they be if we don't place their needs above our own? It's a scary answer for those who know it. They'll be separated from God forever in a place called hell. Terrible, scary, nobody likes to talk about it, nobody likes to think about it. I'm super uncomfortable saying this right now. But man, it's just true. We got to serve. God has sent us to them. The question is, will we go When we're sent, will we go like Jesus or like the dog? Will we just like, nah, do nothing, okay? Me, left to my own devices, this is where I land every time, I'm telling you. Like I'm just confessing it to you. I am so lazy sometimes with this type of stuff. Will we go? We have a special opportunity coming up to follow Jesus. We have a special opportunity to serve, and it's called Serve Week. We as a church are going out into the community. We're going to show the love of Jesus. We're going to share his name. Again, not in crazy ways like, hey, do you know about Jesus? No, we're not going to do that, okay? But, but when it comes up, man, we're, gonna, we're just going to step into the opportunity that God gives us. Hey, you guys are really nice, man. Thanks for serving. 
man, you know what? Jesus has been super nice to us, and we're just, we're just trying to, like, grace in, grace out. We're just trying to love, love in the way that God has loved us. You know, Jesus is so good. It's something as simple as that. We're going out. We're going to make a difference in the name of Jesus Christ, and you can be a part of it. Listen, as your pastor, as someone who cares about you, someone who loves you, someone who prays for you, someone who wants the very best for you, I'm encouraging you, and I'm asking you, would you be a part of this? You can still get in on it. This might even be the first time that you're stepping into serving in this type of way, and it might be super scary because it's uncharted territory. I'm asking you, would you step into that by faith? Not because you know, oh, this is going to be great. This is my comfort zone. Not because of that, but by faith. Like, Jesus, you're calling me to this, and I'm going to follow you, even though, if I'm honest, I kind of don't want to. (laughs) But you step in. I'm hoping that you'll do that. I'm hoping you'll make a difference. By the way, I'm so glad to be a part of a church that values this sort of thing and talks about it. A church that's willing to take a risk to light a fire underneath our backsides, all right, and take the risk that some people are going to say, I don't like fire. I'm never coming back to this church. There's a risk there, isn't there? Man, we've got to push each other sometimes to follow Jesus. Right? We've got to sharpen one another. Right? We've got to spur one another on to do good things and good works, don't we? Yeah. Just like Jesus, we've got the opportunity. I want, I want to tell you, hey, uh, a bunch of questions. I'll go through this part really quick. But a bunch of people have asked, hey, you talk about Serve Week, but I still don't know how to actually sign up. <laughs> so, I want to just show you super quick, okay? If you know how to do this, bear with me. But I just want to show you super quick, how do you actually sign up on your own? Here's what you do. You go to the main Fox River website, all right? And then you scroll down until you see this cute little icon here, okay? Serve Week, Community Impact. You click on that bad boy, and it takes you to this. This is the Community Impact page. And then you click on this, Be the Impact. Sign up here. Okay, well, click on that. And then it takes you to the Serve Directory. So we're two clicks in. All right, that's all, that's all we just did. We clicked twice. You're in the serve directory. You can select the day if you're like, I'm only available on Tuesday, you know, so I got to search by that. Maybe you want to search by which one interests you. You can click one of these boxes. Maybe you're like me and you're like, I just want to see all the options. If that's you, don't click any boxes. Just hit search right away. But then you'll get the list of options. And if you want to learn more about an option, you click on this little arrow carrot thing, the the shift six key, and then uh, it gives a description, and you can read about that. You're like, oh, I like that one. I'm going to sign up, or I don't like that one. I'm going to look at a different one. Whenever you figure out which one you want to be a part of, you just register. You click there, and it's that simple. You enter your information, and and it's done. It's that simple. If that's still intimidating, or you're like me, and you're kind of lazy, like, man, if I go home, I'm honestly not going to do that, Um, so I better strike while the iron's hot. Stop by the orange tent in the foyer area. Somebody will help you sign up, and they'll kind of walk you through the process, okay? You can also just do your own thing if you want. That's what uh, one of my small groups and I are doing. On Wednesday night, we're going out to, to a place. I simply just called up a place and said, hey, um, got anything on Wednesday night that we can come uh, help you out in? And they said yes. And we're like, okay, I'll see you then. See you at 615. Okay, bye. So, you know, you can do your own thing too. But the point is, let's follow Jesus, and let's, let's do what he's calling us to do. Just like Christ, we have an opportunity to bring fame, folks, 
And by God's grace, followers to God through this. Listen, you were made to serve. If you want to encapsulate everything we've been talking about today, right? Bill, I kind of forgot. You rambled a few times. You put that puppy picture up there. I'm like totally distracted. What are you trying to tell me? Here's the statement. You were made to serve. You've been sent. Will you go? I was speaking with a friend recently. And he and I were just kind of talking about how amazing and wonderful and beautiful it is that God passionately pursues each person that he's made on purpose. God tries to get a hold of us. He's making all these efforts our whole lives before we even come to faith. And like we don't even know it. When I received Jesus at age 19, for example, it was only then that I was able to look back at my life and say, whoa, and notice like, wow, God, you have been trying to get a hold of me for a long time. Thank you. God is working through people. He sends people. He works through circumstances. The few times before age 19, the few times that I heard the truth, he used that in my heart. And he was bringing me to a place where I was finally ready to receive Jesus and to trust him for my salvation. On Thursday night, I'm sitting at my kitchen table and I'm like rewriting, you know, the final rewrite of my, my message I'm preparing for the weekend. And I'm sitting there, it's late, right? And, and I'm just wondering to myself, God, I wonder if there'll be anybody like that here at Fox River this weekend. I wonder if, like, anybody on Facebook Live or our church platform, you know, any, anybody online, I wonder if, if, God, you've brought them to this place. Like, it wasn't possible before them, but now they're in this place and they're ready to receive you. Even though the message wasn't particularly gear, geared this way, here they are, Lord. They're ready. And I wonder, man, are there people here? And then God brought this scripture to mind. Romans 10, 9. There's a beautiful promise at the end of this. And here's what God says in his word. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead or from the grave, you shall be saved. Notice there's not a lot of hoop jumping here. God doesn't say, hey, if you do X, Y, Z, and don't forget about A, B, C, and no, 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 no. The heart of this is belief. Because if you believe something in your heart, here's what happens. It comes out of your mouth. If you believe something in your heart, in particular, if you believe in Jesus, that he lived, died, and was resurrected. Here's what God does. 
he recreates your spirit. He gives you a new spirit. And when there's a change on the inside like that, things on the outside begin to change, sometimes slow, sometimes fast, but there's no denying that change happens. I'm not making anybody do this. I'm not trying to manipulate you or trick you or twist your arm. If you don't want to do this, I would, I would say to you just, just boldly, don't do it. But if you're willing, let's all say Jesus is Lord together. Jesus is Lord. I imagine there's going to be hands up all across our campuses Online, there's going to be people listening in their cubicles, and they're going to, like, put their hand up. Everybody's going to be like, what? what are you putting your hand up? That's okay. You just raise your hand. If you believe in your heart that this is not made up, God actually raised Jesus from the dead. If you believe that, just raise your hand. That's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Let's put them down. So awesome. Okay, for this next part, let's just close our eyes. Let's make this as easy and unintimidating as possible for those who would like to receive Jesus. If this weekend, again, we don't know exactly why, but but there's no denying this weekend is the first time you declared with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. This is the first time. Again, I don't know why, but this is the first time that I really believe that. That God raised Jesus from the dead. Huh. If that's the first time, would you raise your hand back up? Thank you, Jesus. That's all. Your love and your grace is abounding and unending and never failing. God, you have granted and gifted and graced eternal life for people today. And you did it again just moments ago, God. Thank you for doing what only you can do, Lord Jesus. Thank you. God, I pray as we prayed earlier, God, help us to take this truth, this message of grace and apply it to our lives, Lord. That we might follow you and walk with you in mission, in purpose, in serving. That by your grace and with your help, Lord God, we're not doing this on our own. We're doing it with you and for you. And we might make a difference in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray. Amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River Podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.